0: Welcome back to The Big Wake-Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time to get to my next guest. He has been the astronomer for the Cincinnati Observatory since 2000 and author of a great new book from National Geographic Kids. It's called A Thousand Facts About Space, and we're going to visit with Dean Regis. Dean, good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning, thanks for having me on. Now, I'm reading here that you are an expert in observational astronomy. What part of astronomy is observational?
1: Well, so my expertise is what you can see with the naked eye and minimal equipment. So telescopes, binoculars, that kind of stuff, observing cycles and uh, things up in the sky, and uh, pretty much trying to get people out and looking through telescopes themselves. I want to make the uh, subject of astronomy accessible to everybody and let them uh, put their eye up to an eyepiece and get wowed by the rings of Saturn, the moons of Jupiter, and that kind of stuff. Uh, because when people, I, I just find when people get out there and see it themselves, it's just so incredible the reactions that they have.
0: Is there a better place, like I know there are around cities and we're out in, in in the burbs, but still around cities, there's such huge amounts of, of light pollution. Is there an optimal place to go out and, and try to observe?
1: Yeah, that is a real tough problem with uh, light pollution kind of takes away the night sky. And so yeah. And you're seeing fewer and fewer stars in the sky. So I I make it a point of my vacations and times to get out to not only see like nature and see the national parks, but also go to places that are darker. And so you can go to places away from city lights, like upper peninsula, Michigan or Eastern Washington, Oregon, or, you know, just even getting out uh, to the suburbs and farther out to look at stars and maybe get glimpses of the Milky way. It is possible. It just takes a little bit of planning, a little travel, but Uh, I definitely make that a part of of my summertime vacations to get out there and kind of refresh under the stars.
0: So let's talk about the book for a little bit. It's A Thousand Facts About Space. Now, I saw this book come in. I'm like, this book is not the thickest volume. How are there a thousand facts in there? But by golly, you got it done.
1: Wow. Yeah, we jammed them in there. That's for sure. Uh, This is A Thousand Facts that I've kind of compiled over my 20 years as uh, being an astronomer at Cincinnati Observatory. I've been giving public talks around the country and do about 150 talks every year about space, and these are like my greatest hits. These are the ones that seem to resonate with audiences. So we talk about galaxies and stars and planets and the sun, the moon, uh, and even space missions uh, uh, up to the moon and beyond.
0: Now this was, and I said this came in, and of course my daughter immediately tried to grab it away from me, because she's fascinated with space, but I'm thinking, you know what, this is the book I wish I had had when I was a kid. I wish this book existed then.
1: Well, I'm so glad to hear that, because it's, uh, you know, it it was designed for kids, but as an author, I'm always trying to sneak in some stuff for adults, too, because I think I'm a big kid at heart. Uh, Being an astronomer, you have to, I'm still in my star phase, even though I'm an adult, uh, I'm so crazy about astronomy and everything about it that I, you know, this is what I want uh, other people to get into as well. And so I, I think the book is one of those things where you can read it together. You know, adults and kids can read together. Sure. It can be an entryway for an adult to share a fact that uh, with the, their their kids and and really kind of share a moment together. So I think it is for both uh, both age groups.
0: Reading facts like the largest known star is billions of times bigger than our sun and just makes you think wow is as, as, as big as we think we are we are like just a tiny not even like the tiniest of a tiny blip in space
1: yeah that, that is one of the big things is that uh, in astronomy the, the size of the universe is, is astronomical it's 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 hard to wrap your brain around and um, and comparing things like our sun is, 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 huge. It's, you know, it's a million times bigger than our planet earth, but then you see other stars that are in the universe, uh, like a star called Betelgeuse or, uh, <laughs> Antares and they are gigantic. I mean, they make our sun look like teeny tiny little flashlight or something like that. So there's always this, this perspective with astronomy and astronomers that, uh, I really, I really love thinking big and, and imagining all this stuff too.
0: Do we know enough to know what we don't know? Like, do we have a guess of, like, what might be out there and that we're hoping to find?
1: Yeah, there's a—that's uh, a real good question. There's—we—astronomers are are this rare breed that we follow the evidence really closely. So—and and new discoveries are made daily. So there's all these new discoveries that challenge what we knew before— And I think astronomers more so than other scientists or other people are are not so like rigid and tied to the past. When new evidence comes out that might refute old stuff, the astronomers are, are, I find them so resilient. It's not like they dig their heels and say, Oh yeah. They're always like, Oh, Oh, okay. That's cool. I can change what I was just thinking and I'll go on from there. (laughs) So every day we're, we're finding so much new stuff that, Uh, That's what's the dynamic about this field, and uh, so my 1,000 Facts book uh, is kind of the compilation of all the things that we put together.
0: Like When something new is is discovered or learned, and as you say, that's going to replace what previously has been known, does that start kind of a a chain reaction, like, oh, well, if this is true instead, that means this is true? I mean, just one one discovery that could lead to, to thousands of others, couldn't it?
1: Yeah, it really can. And that's uh there there are some of these uh, situations like this like when we look at these things called globular clusters, these big clusters of stars with hundreds of thousands of stars in them. And we try to determine the age of this thing, this the structure, and we can't. We were like, "Oh, well, all our figures can't figure out what this is." And you have to come up with new ways of of approaching the task and new ways of seeing things and so what's incredible is our adaptability as astronomers that we're able to use telescopes on earth to see things that are so incredibly far away and so faint it's a real it's an engineering marvel and uh it's uh, you know that we're able to bring these images back uh and share them with the public it, it's just that that's why i love this field
0: it's exciting, even though some may be a, a commercial enterprise and and I'm not going to get into the the business of these companies, but it's it's amazing that humans are are going into space again. Ordinary people are, are going into space. How far are we away maybe from returning to the moon and is space tourism is that ever in 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 our lifetime going to be a practical thing?
1: Well, yeah, the uh, the, the, uh, the space tourist industry is an interesting one, that's for sure. And I think most astronomers, myself included, kind of have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an interesting way to maybe technologically advance. Like, we, you know, when you have this kind of competition, new things are going to be, new industries are going to come from that. Um Sending people up, uh, you know, for a fifteen-minute ride up uh, to a suborbital flight and then back down. Yeah, Uh, you know, like, all right, great. That's, uh, you know, when I'm when I'm a millionaire, I'll be able to afford that. Uh, But so, yeah, that the the pace of that is interesting. So right now, uh, it's basically you can be a billionaire and go to space. Maybe twenty years from now, I'll be a millionaire and go to space. (laughs) There
0: you
1: go. When am I going to space? Uh, I'm not holding my breath. But that being said, if they offered me a a seat on that rocket, you better believe I'm going to take it. (laughs) That's for sure. I'm not going to turn my nose down that. But but, uh, on the other question of uh, going back to the moon, that is definitely on the priority list. And um, the Artemis 1 mission was the unmanned one that went around the moon earlier this year. And then we're going to start building towards sending people back to the moon should be this decade uh what year of this decade is still a big question mark so there's a lot of unknowns that stuff to get figured out because travel in space is very dangerous and very tough
0: it's a terrific new book and as you said this is great for parents and kids to look at together national geographic kids a thousand facts about space the author is my guest dean regas and well this was great thank you for uh, calling in today
1: Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad you like the book, and uh, wherever you get your books, check it out, and keep looking up.